You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to the post-trade deadline edition of Sharing Socks. I'm Southside Socks duty geezer Lee Allen. And with me, my son and uh, currently Next Room correspondent, Will. Why Next Room, you ask? Shameless plug is coming up because his uh, world premiere play, Campaigns, Inc., is uh, currently in previews at Timeline Theater and uh, has its official opening next week. So for some reason, he's hanging around for that. Um, and to talk baseball stuff, of course. We want to get into this incredible sequence of uh, schedule that the White Sox have right now, which is really pretty much a joke, but a pleasant joke if you would like to win. Uh, but first, let's go to the let's go to the trade deadline. Yeah. So let's go to what other teams did during the trade deadline. Yes. Well, the White Sox <laughs> uh, traded one of their only two players to have strong defensive metrics, Reese McGuire, the other being Josh Harrison, and uh, got in exchange Jake Diekman, who has walked 30 guys in 38 innings of relief this year. But in fairness to Jake, pitched two innings for the Sox now. We're recording this on uh, Thursday morning between the uh, Kansas City and Texas series. And uh, two solid innings. It didn't look like a guy who had no control. So maybe maybe he... He was as pleasant of an acquisition as you could make, I guess, for giving up your best defensive catcher. I don't think McGuire is necessarily going to be missed, but he certainly was our our best catcher and one of our best defensive players. And a decent bat, no power, which was surprising and frustrating. Uh, 
I would not have put him at the top of my list of people we should trade, but oh, he's you gone. Maybe one of the twelve designated hitters we have on the roster, or either of the other two catchers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do think uh, Deakman is a, is a fine swap there. Two two good innings so far for a bullpen that desperately needs a guy who can give us uh, a solid inning here and there. Um, but I think far more interesting is everything we did not do at the deadline, uh, us and Cleveland, but, uh, we did uh, zilch other than that. Yeah. Uh, Deepman, of course, a lefty is, is handy, although handier before the rules changed to facing three batters. And we should say his two good innings were against Kansas city. So it's not like he's faced a major league team yet. Uh, we may not find that out. A Kansas City team that has become even less of a major league team. Which, had, had, yes, two of their, I would say, four players, uh, they had they had down in, in uh, Benatendi and Merrifield. Merrifield, after the first game of the series, which incidentally the Sox lost, uh, partly because he had a homer, uh, and uh, then he was gone. So Kansas City's just, we get to play them, I don't know, 125 more times, so... <laughs> that, that, that's a positive thing. Cleveland is more interesting to me on doing nothing than the Sox, because I didn't expect the Sox to do anything. I expected Cleveland to do something, and they did absolutely nothing. They made no trade whatsoever. And I looked. Now, we're part of SB Nation, and SB Nation has a site for every sports team in the universe, probably your softball team, if you if you dig deep enough <laughs> into it. Uh, so I went to the Cleveland site. Now, the Cleveland general manager doing nothing on a team that's one game out, surprisingly so, uh, that has very serious offensive needs. Franville Reyes, who they depended on to be a big power hitter in the middle of the lineup, that got sent down. He's so stinking, they got sent down. Naylor's a great power guy, but he's a lefty. They need somebody else. And he right swings hand. at every single pitch. At swings, yeah. You can bounce <laughs> it a couple times and he'll take it. And you can, high throw heat. it you can throw it straight up in the air and he's gonna swing at it. I've I not to interrupt your progress here, but I have never seen anyone like Josh Naylor. <laughs> it's <laughs> well, wild yeah, to watch. In Little League you did. Yes. Because yes. most most yeah. major leaguers who are gullible and it is most are gullible to sliders low sliders, they look like they're going to be in the zone, and then they're not, and guys are swinging at balls that are two feet outside, and it's kind of embarrassing. I don't think Naylor does that. What he no. swings at, as you said, it's kind of the bill of the hat on up yeah. uh, that he likes to go for. I, I've never seen a Major League Baseball player who swings the balls over his head like that. <laughs> Yogi Berra used to do it, but Yogi Berra hit the ball. That was oh, a major difference. Oh, that's a difference. That's a big difference. Uh, but I anyway, had a you catcher, were, you were... an all-star catcher named Manny Sanguin, who did the same thing. He loved balls over his head, and he clobbered them. But Naylor doesn't clobber them. He just swings at them. Yeah, he misses them or pops them straight up in the air. But, yeah. Uh, but you were saying, you, you were talking well, about the Well, the interesting thing with Cleveland, okay, so I went to the site to see if – because, you know, look at our site. It's, everybody's living, not just – our writers, but every commenter is like, how can this happen? Blah, blah, blah. Went to the Cleveland site. Now, the Cleveland general manager made a speech after doing absolutely nothing. And it was a speech that made Rick Hahn look knowledgeable. I mean, it was the dumbest general manager. 
we didn't want to interfere with the chemistry in the clubhouse. That was the gist of it. Sure. We wanted to let our players play. It was just a completely stupid, stupid speech. So you'd expect him to get roasted, right? The guy writing the column absolutely roasted him, toasted. Great job. Perfect amount of analysis and snark, you know, back and forth. Back. Great column. The commenters, and I don't know what this says about the city of Cleveland, where I lived at one time. The commenters were going, well, you shouldn't have been mean. <laughs> it, was, it was crazy. Obviously, there were exceptions, but overwhelmingly, the commenters are going, well, yeah, he, he's right. Why would we give away something that might work well in 2025 just to win now? That, that it was stupid. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, that aside, that's just sensible Midwestern etiquette right there. Uh, I, this is, this is sort of my view on, on all of this is Minnesota and Cleveland were waiting to see if the White Sox were going to do anything because this division is going to be won by a bad team. So the, the issue here is not what can we do to win the World Series. None of these teams are winning the World Series. None of these teams are making it out of the first round if they make it to the playoffs. That's vaguely possible in that you'd have three straight games at home against the number six seed. Oh, yeah, because the White Sox are really good at home. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it, that, that's vaguely possible. There is no possibility of getting out of the next round. Exactly. Sure, sure. Yes. They could get past the weird little three-game thing, but no, they, they could not get out of that. The Astros and the Yankees have been built into these super teams like we've kind of never seen before. So I, in my head, they were all looking at the White Sox because the White Sox have not figured it out. They Their chemistry's wrong. Their, everything's going wrong. So they thought, okay, if the White Sox make a big move, then we'll have to make a big move. We'll have to make some sort of move because the White Sox are the only real threat, I think, to overtaking Cleveland or Minnesota. Minnesota made a couple moves, decent uh, moves. Important, very important moves. They, they yeah. needed a starter. They got a good one. They needed relievers. They got a great one and a pretty good one. Yeah. So Cleveland probably thinks they can still beat that Minnesota team with what they have. They probably would have been more concerned if the White Sox had made a big move. We made no move essentially. So I actually understand Cleveland not making moves here. You're not playing to win now, really. You're, you're playing to get three playoff games that you'll likely lose. So I think Cleveland probably believes they can still beat Minnesota in this division. There's no reason to think you can't beat Minnesota in this division. Minnesota is not very good. Minnesota made a couple moves to try to just make it, I think, pretty clear that they can win the division and will win the division. And then the White Sox did nothing. So I, I understand Cleveland not going out there and, and giving away valuable assets to play against the White Sox and the Twins. You know, it, it would be different if Cleveland was in the, the West or the East where they really would have to do that to even compete with these teams. But they don't have to do that in the AL Central. They're going to get to play Kansas City and Detroit. Well, you don't need to make any improvements to play either of those teams at all. Those teams are minor league teams. Royals almost entirely. Detroit's minor league plus, we'll say. Then you've got the White Sox, who are just sitting around 500, 
have no no sort of spirit or momentum whatsoever. They kept Larusa, so you know that that's not that spirit's not going to come from somewhere. So they're not really a threat. Uh, yeah, the White Sox could certainly end up beating Cleveland this season, but it doesn't really matter. And then with Minnesota, I'm sure Cleveland thinks that with who they have, they can pass Minnesota. And I don't think they're wrong for thinking that because Minnesota's not good. Uh, they're just the best of the bad. Uh, so I understand why they didn't, why Cleveland didn't move, why the White Sox didn't move, because this was never going to be Cleveland's year. You know, what Cleveland's success this year is kind of bonus success. You know, the, the, no so, you're going was, to, so you agree with their GM? Basically, I I don't agree with the excuse of we didn't want to disrupt the chemistry because they're not that good. So I don't think the chemistry or that that concept has any merit. I think that's what the owner told him to say. But in reality, the answer was, look, we're playing bad teams. Our guys aren't great, but they can probably beat those guys. And I think that is the logic behind it. The White Sox are in their win now window. They are in their championship window. Our farm our farm uh, system is depleted, essentially. We've got three guys. Last time I checked, you got to put nine guys on the field to even play. So three guys isn't going to help you in a few years. And our stars are lacking, you know, outside of Abreu. And, and you know, we're, we're hitting somewhat for average, uh, but we're not raking it in. We should have beaten Kansas City. You know, by ten runs, all three of those games. There's, there's no reason not to. So I, I think people were kind of watching the White Sox and they saw the White Sox essentially fold their win now year. You know, they, we essentially took one of the years in our championship window and folded. We, we, we folded our cards this year. So I don't know why Cleveland would go out and spend a lot of money and give up assets to try to beat us when they can just beat us. And and I feel the same way about Minnesota. I think Minnesota thought, well, if we get these couple things, we're guaranteed to win this division. And I think they are now essentially guaranteed if, to win this division. If Buxton does not get hurt for a long period of time. Sure. But you can say anything. You can say that about any team that has sure. an injury-prone guy, especially our team. I mean, Luis Roberts been out. He's going to be back uh, today, I think, to DH. Uh, Tim seems to play one out of every four games. And now he's got a three game suspension coming his way. Uh, I I don't view the White Sox as a threat at this point to either of those teams. Do I think the White Sox could win this division still? Yes. But since the White Sox didn't make a big move, there's no reason for those other teams to spend in a year where they absolutely will not win the World Series or even make it to the World Series. You know, there's there's no question about that. Um, so that's so that's my White Sox uh, AL Central <laughs> trade deadline thoughts. Uh, I certainly didn't think we were. You know, there was a a rumor there that we not a rumor. We did put an offer in for Otani. We don't know what it was. I'm sure it was not enough. I only sort of jokingly said we should give them the entire franchise for Otani. Uh, because Otani is more fun to watch than anything we've got going right now. Uh, I, it looks like we did not get into the Soto bidding at all. Uh, that's, which, that's certainly no surprise. Yeah, no, no surprise there. Um, of course, why would we want to 
you know, generational talent, left-handed outfielder who's elite. Um, <laughs> that's not our style. We, we want Gavin Sheets out there. We want Gavin Sheets out there. Um, but yeah, so a lot of, I mean, it was a very exciting deadline, a very exciting deadline this year, kind of the juiciest one in a while. Our crosstown rivals did something as mystifying as us doing nothing. They did nothing, uh, with their, with their stars, which I think was a huge surprise around the league that Wilson Contreras is still in a Cubs jersey today. And that Hap is also still in the Cubs jersey. But Contreras is, is shocking to me that he is still a Cub. Yeah, they can. They, they I guess they can qualifying offer him. So they'll get a draft pick and international money, right? That's that's what you get yeah. now on a, on a qualifying offer. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure they were offered more than that. I, I They had to have been offered more than that. I mean, Cleveland would have. Certainly should have offered more than it. There are other teams. I mean, he's he's an all-star catcher who is Houston way above the other all-star the yeah. other catchers. I mean, it's not even close. He's an extremely valuable guy. My guess would be that they just wanted way too much for him. Um, or, and I don't believe the Ricketts function this way at all. They wanted to have some reason for the fans to show up to a game. Uh, which, if you get rid of Hap and Contreras. There's not really any reason to watch the Cubs play anymore. Well, but people go to Wrigley Field to get $18 beers. So Right, yeah, that's why I'm saying. Baseball. That's why I think that theory is is bunk. Um, but, yeah, we should take our break here. We'll come back. We'll start talking about uh, the future forward. The future. Huh. Bleak. Uh, but, yeah, we will be right back on Sharing Socks. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Back to sharing socks. We uh, talked about the trade deadline in the first half. Now we're going to move on. I, I just looked at ESPN's power rankings. They've got the White Sox at 16th today. Uh, it's as mediocre as you can get. Well, yeah, that, let's, that is not a glowing spot in the power rankings. 16th is pretty embarrassing for a team that was supposed to be really good. Uh, now, a huge let point us, they let made. point out that the White Sox right now they managed between Wednesday and today, between Tuesday and Wednesday, to go over 500 and stay over 500 for more than 24 hours, which hadn't happened since April. So that was really important. That's uh, true. That's a really good point. So that's probably why we got boosted up from 17th, which is where we were last <laughs> week in the power rankings. But on ESPN, they they make a, a point of, of saying. This team will not win without their guys in the lineup. Tim Anderson should be out there every day. And now he's got this suspension, and LaRusa gives him rest every other day. I And I fully agree with that. If our stars are not going to be out there every single game for the rest of the season, the season's over. It, it just is. We're, it's at, we're at August 4th. There's nothing dramatic about saying the season's over if our stars don't play at this point. 
if Tim Anderson's not playing every single day with the exception of maybe one day uh, till the end of September, no excuses. No excuses. He's rested half of this season. The guy needs to be playing in the games. Uh, you know, as we said before, Jose. He's even worse with Andrew Vaughn. Vaughn, resting Vaughn all the time like he's 50 years old. He's, what, 24, 25, 26 tops, uh, probably 24. And uh, Luis Robert, who's been out for whatever his thing is, which and they, they have been never, completely never opaque really about. really explained that. that. That is bizarre. Oh, it could have been a fever. Well, then that fever lasted for a month because he was enfeebled long before he went on the IL. We were on here going, boy, he's turned lazy. Well, he wasn't lazy. He was ill. He was ill. Or injured. Uh, but whatever was wrong was wrong for a very long time, much longer than a little fever. And then he goes out on the IL and he's got to stay long. I mean, it's there's some explanation is needed with Robert. It's just not being made because that's the way the White Sox are. They don't give a damn about the fans. Um, but I, at any I rate, can't wrap my head around why they wouldn't tell us what happened with Luis Robert. Like what? What? What is the point of keeping that information secret from us? Unless it is, you know, medical matters are private to a degree. If they're non-baseball related, sure. uh, just okay. like you can't say somebody's got COVID, um, except now they've got the special COVID thing. So they yeah. do. <laughs> yeah. But if if it's some medical problem that he does not want made public then there are privacy rules that apply yeah okay that's fair that's fair i i respect that, that. that's all i can think of that that that, that could go with it uh, but you would think they would say private medical issue like you yeah. would think they would say it's a medical thing like other than just like you know they would say they would allude to the fact that it's something not baseball related and and they haven't even really done that which is, it's crazy, but uh, go ahead. You were, you were moving. Uh, so, so we are now eight games into the 19 game streak of playing bad teams. Uh, five and three during the streak. This last time, all three of the contenders in the central were playing very bad teams and all three of them took two out of three. <laughs> so it's, it's exactly where we were, except everybody's a little better percentage wise, but standings wise, it's the same. Sox now have a chance temporarily. And I'm not saying for the whole season, but to at least temporarily go on top. They really do. Four games in Texas. Texas tonight, Thursday night, is bringing in a left-hander to pitch his first major league game, a guy who started the season in double A. Their only really good pitcher, Martin Perez, is not facing the White Sox. Their second best pitcher, John Gray, is on the IL starting pitcher. Their closer is on the IL. This is for a team that didn't have pitching much except Perez to start with. So they're throwing four, I won't say schlubs, because Dane Dunning's a, a decent pitcher, but I don't think he's, he seems to get a little excited against the Sox and doesn't pitch well against him. But, you know, Dane is years away from being really good. Uh, but anyhow, their Texas is just giving it away. On 538, I looked it up, the Sox are favorites in all four games. On the road, that's unusual because uh, 538 well, we, is – We also is, suck at home. So. Yeah, well, yeah, but 538 <laughs> in general on their predictions gives a lot of weight to being the home team. Sure. Uh, meanwhile, Cleveland is in Houston, underdogs for all four games. Minnesota's facing Toronto, underdogs for all four games. So this is really a chance to make up some ground, after which you play Kansas City and Detroit, and the joke continues. 
uh, up until Houston on August 15th. Well, I told you, I said, when we're done with this Texas series, if we're not five games over 500, the season's over. And that just means now that we need to win three of the next four. Now, three of the next four would only be four over 500, right? We're two over right now. Correct. You're right. So we need to win all of them, Uh, which we should. We're favored in all of them, as you just said. Uh, But, yeah, we need to sweep Texas. We need to sweep somebody. We need to – I mean, Texas is such an underwhelming team. They're not atrocious, but they're not by any standard good. Their pitching is very bad. Their hitting is – Their pitching is atrocious. It's quite adequate, but adequate, face it. Strangely, I looked at them. They're fourth in the league in homers, which makes sense with the lineup that they've got. They're 14th yeah. in doubles. Isn't that weird? That is weird. <laughs> that, that is really strange. So they can get the ball over the wall. They just can't get it. They just can't hit it off the wall. <laughs> yeah. So tonight we're going to have Johnny Cueto going, um, which is actually like the person I look forward to the most pitching for the White Sox these days. He's just so fun to watch. He just looks like someone's uncle out there. And he pitches at a shockingly quick pace uh it's not all about speed it's about you know placement command uh breaking pitches spirit um love johnny cueto then we'll send out dylan cease against some guy named glenn otto who i actually have never heard of has an era of 550 okay great that's probably why uh then we have kopech uh, going against Dane Dunning, which uh, agreed should absolutely be favored there. Uh, I, I and, think that'll be the most interesting game. Sure, yeah. Because Michael Michael's been up and down. He pitched very well last time, even though he gave up a couple of homers. One of those homers was cheap. Otherwise, he did very well. Well, I think Sunday also has some possibilities of being interesting. The the Rangers are throwing a guy with a six point eight two ERA, but. Lucas Giolito will be pitching that game, and Lucas Giolito is still a massive question mark for us. He settled down after a a terrible start in the last game, but his ERA is still over five, which is crazy, with a whip at 1.49. Sunday is a potential toss-up as well. Um, But I do think looking at those four matchups on paper, we should win these four games. We should. But let's, let's say you, you almost never sweep four just because baseball. That should at least take three out of four. The other team should lose three out of four. So the Sox should be, I'm, I'm not going to say we have to be so much over 500. I'm going to say we should be tied for first at the end of this series with six games, seven games against Kansas City and Detroit coming up. So wow. there's, there is, if the White Sox are not in first place, I would say by a couple of games on August 14th, after, after the games of August 14th, which is Sunday, if they're not, forget it. Just, just forget it. Yeah. I, I mean, I think, you know, forget it in general in terms of the big picture, the, the right. idea. And I don't mean that, that if they're, if they're, if they're in first place at that time, they're going to win the division. But they're not going to win the division if they're not, because that's the incredible soft spot of the schedule gone by. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you're playing that many, uh, I mean, the other guys are going to play Kansas City and Detroit too, but that is a that is a a schedule that is unrivaled in, in patheticness uh, that the White Sox absolutely have to come out of that in first place. Um, again, first place in this division is fourth place in the others, but... Well, actually sixth in uh, the East. Right, yeah, because Baltimore is somehow better than us. I think they are uh, one spot behind us in those power rankings now, uh, which was nice of them to... To oh, because they traded Mancini. Right, exactly. So Houston, my goodness, Houston is just uh, in, in incredible shape going into the the home stretch here. It's really wild. Yeah, they've got Baltimore, despite how we have the same record, they've got Baltimore power ranked at, at 17, despite trading away their best player. Uh, I just I, I just don't know what to expect for the rest of this year. We We – on August 4th, I think at the beginning of the year, we were thinking, man, we're going to be sitting pretty. We're going to be 10 games up in the division at this point, and we are going to be looking to the playoffs, potentially making moves at the deadline to get us to the World Series. And instead, here we are saying, well, as long as we beat Kansas City a bunch, we <laughs> might get to go to a playoff game. Uh, that is, you know... How exciting can that be? So I, I I don't have a lot of positivity moving forward, but I'm going to hang in there because it is not over yet. It is not over yet. Uh, but we have to do something with this series against Texas. We have to just destroy Kansas City and Detroit. We can't split anything with those teams. Those need to be sweeps or lose one in each series and no more or forget it. And again, none of this matters because Tony LaRusse is our manager and we will never be an elite team with Tony well, as the manager. Okay, I, will, I, I will rephrase what I said about if they're not a couple games up by August 14th, forget it. If they're not a couple games up by August 14th, or LaRusse has been fired. Now, we know that's not going to happen, but I think that provision should be put in there because if he's fired, this team is going to be very, very good. I agree. I, I and it's you know it's obviously uh, conjecture, but I do think that if Larusa was fired right now, this team runs away with the division because these guys need a fire sparked under their butts, and Larusa is a, a flame dowser. I mean, you would think with the alcohol breath, he would actually ignite the flames even more, but he he douses them. I mean, the guy was falling asleep. In the, first, the inning. first inning, first inning of of the game. I mean, what a I love I loved one commenter on that. I, I think it was on Twitter, and, <laughs> which I don't follow, but we 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 amassed them on the site uh, where, where somebody said, "Well, it was almost the second. <laughs> right? Yeah, he didn't fall asleep till there was two outs. So to be fair, it was almost the second. I mean, come on, I, I people need sleep. People need to nap. I get that. If you are a baseball manager, you need to stay awake for four hours during the day. You can sleep the other 20 for all I care. But you got four you really need to be awake for. And if that's an issue too, I don't know how you are still the manager. I, I'm just, I, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Imagine how fun. I think this is what gets me the most. 
Imagine how much fun we would be having if he wasn't. You know, it, 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 it's, of course, again, it's all speculation. But we would be having so much fun. You know, even if it was some guy who does virtually nothing and just lets the team do what they want, we would be having so much fun with this group of guys. How do we have Tim Anderson, Eloy Jimenez, Jose Abreu, Josh Harrison, and have no fun? I mean, that if that is not a testament to the damage La Russa has done to this team, I don't know what is. That's four of the most fun guys in the whole game right there on one team playing every day together. Why? Playing occasionally together. Right. Well, let's say in this in this utopian society without La Russa, <laughs> they would be playing together because they would want to win, so they would stretch more, they would eat better, they would run to first hard and properly. Uh, it. I think the thing that just bums me out the most is thinking about how fun this year could have been with with the right guy managing the clubhouse. I mean, this really could have been one of the most fun years to be a White Sox fan. And instead, it has just been let down after let down after let down. I think we should just get rid of the whole organization. I think we should keep the team name, but get rid of Jerry, the owner, get rid of all management, fire Han, fire Williams, fire LaRusa, fire all the coaches. Only fire was ever in, ever in charge of PR. They're the worst PR people in the world. Fire the PR, fire everyone but Steve and Jason and the players. And honestly, I think we would be pretty good if we did all of that. If we just said, hey, Jason and Steve, give the guys a game plan before you head to the booth. (laughs) And then just let whatever happens, happens. You can call in to say like, hey, you need to start warming up so-and-so. I trust Steve to make those decisions. Jason can be all over the, the what the hitters need to be doing to adjust in between at bats. I mean, that is a World Series team right there. These players, those two guys coaching from the announcement booth, that is a World Series team. I don't think anyone's going to go for this anytime soon, (laughs) but it is a brilliant idea. Uh, That being said, we are about out of time today. Did you have anything else you wanted to touch on before we head into our our gimme week? No, 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 no. It, it, it's it's a gimme week and a half, actually, which or it better be a gimme week and a half. Uh, I mean, you're right. They really shouldn't lose any. They'll be favorites in every single one of these games. Yeah. But favorites don't win all the time in baseball, obviously. Or, but sure. they don't win. We're talking 11 games left of this 19. Uh, gotta win seven. Gotta win seven. Gotta win. Gotta win. Should win eight or nine. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta win seven, should win eight or nine. Totally agree. Should never should win 11. <laughs> <laughs> because ugh, these teams were playing. Uh, but yeah, that is all the time we have for today. We will check back in next week with hopefully great news about the sweep in Texas and uh, how we are in first place in this division. I'm putting it out there and our new interim manager will be leading us to to the World Series. It'll be so great. Uh, Let's just plan on it, and we will see you next time on Sharing Socks.